Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. Thank you, friends. Yeah, give it up. Why not? Yeah. All right. Now, we have, uh, we have a lot of my uh, friends here who happen to be anyone who is uh, under 18. If you're under 18, that means if you're a kid, I want to hear you make some noise, right? Say, hey. <laughs> my daughter said, no, no. I will not do it. Oh, you said, hey. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, Nikki already said this, but there is a space if you get the squirmies and need to go play. It is not. There's no volunteers, Josh. I am, um, apologize for that. Uh, but over there, we do have a space that is warm where kids can play and, uh, and run around. Um, some other st- uh, stuff you might need to know before my friend Olive. Is Olive still in the room? Olive? Okay, great. You can make your way up here, Olive, if you want, right? Um, this is my uh, niece, my favorite niece is what she told me, uh, and she's going to be doing our, you can come right up here, she's going to be doing our reading. Um, but some information that might be helpful is um, for the next two Sundays, we are not going to be having uh, any in-person services and not even online services. Uh, one of our values here is to be present, and this is a time and a season uh, where you get to be with family, you get to be with friends, and you get to connect, and we want to create as much room and opportunity for you to do that. Uh, and so we'll be back on January 9th as well. And we also thought it might be a good idea of being in a small room with a bunch of people to give uh, about two weeks off for everyone to, to rest and, and to uh, reconnect. Um, also, we are able to be in this space because there is a whole community of people that believe in the work that um, this uh, small little church can do and the impact it's having on people's lives. Um, and we're able to do that because they're willing to give generously. And so if you would like to give to Neighborhood, you can go online at neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Um, or you can uh, drop some money off in the back. We have a little, um, what do you call it? It's a box. It's a box. It's a wooden box. It's in the back if you would like to um, give there. Now, are you ready? Uh, all of it's not ready, right? Right? You're going to be starting right here. You're going to start right there. And you're going to end right there. Yeah, if you go too long, I'll, I'll cut you off. I'm going to give you, if you, you can keep your mask on or off, whatever you feel comfortable. Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus enlisted a decree with that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place in a while. Quirus was a governor of Syria. Syria. And everybody went their town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Narzith, to Galilee, to Judah, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged in the house and line of David. He also went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him and expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of Bethlehem, or in the town of David, a Savior was born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in manger. Suddenly, a great company of heaven host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest heaven, or on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. <laughs> when the angel had left they had gone to, and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who's lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the world they spread the world word concerning what has been told about this child. Eighteen in all who heard it were amazing were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured all things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returning glorified and praised God for all things that he they have heard and seen which is what they have been told. Thank you, Olive. That was wonderful. I like hearing your voice. So in this story, there is um, chaos. There is urgency in this story. We have uh, angels showing up. We have uh, them moving to town. We have a uh, uh, late trimester, last trimester woman uh, on a donkey going all the way. We have uh, 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 the empire demanding they're going to have this censorship. And since they are uh, people who are um, uh, under the throat of the uh, empire, they have no choice. So there's all this movement. There's all this activity. There's all this energy. And this is what I love about the Bible because it's incredibly Messy. We can take the Christmas story and we can put it in nice little chunks and we can whitewash it and we can feel really good and we can smile and say, oh, little baby. Where the real story is that it is absolute chaos. But a chaos is never a threat to a good and beautiful life. And that is the story of the Bible. That it's messy, that it's dark, that it's complicated. And even in the midst of that, there can be good and beautiful things. There is a, 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 a woman, a black woman named Valerie Bridgman who is a professor at a Methodist college and she wrote this. When I find myself rendered distraught by the world around me, as I imagine Mary must have been, I remind myself that God works in and through chaos. Which that's the Christmas story. Because it starts out, or it starts with this, this God revealing itself to, like, not to, like, uh, a throne, not at a temple, but in some field, some random field to a bunch of nobodies. These shepherds were not special. These shepherds were not elite. They were just doing their job, and this is where a God shows up. And when God shows up, what does the, the angel say? That there's going to be peace, and there's going to be joy. And then they feel that urgency to go. And when I think about what, I, what moves me, where I find urgency, and what it leads me to, peace and joy don't land in like my top 13, 14 on my list. What feels urgent to me is to make myself look better than I really am, Right? It's something of I have to convince people that I'm smarter than I think I am. I have to get this job done because then Steve's going to yell at me. And I have to, like, you know, I, it, what drives me most when I feel urgent is I have to make up for something to make other people happy or make other people even to deliver what I said I was going to do. Peace and joy don't make it. But here, peace is what God is inviting us to. Joy is what God is saying is going to be the result of what they find in the manger. But peace has to be something more than uh, a lack of something. When we think of 
peace, right? Like uh, at my family Christmas, we call it Christmas Eve Eve. Um, there is nothing, nothing like peace happening in that house because it is loud and it's crazy. There's dogs and they're running around and then there's people chasing the dogs. My dad's yelling at the people who are chasing the dogs, right? It's, it, it's nuts. And it would be easy to say, well, if we just all stayed quiet, if we didn't bring in 13 bags of things and left them where my dad had to move them into the basement, I bet my dad would say that would be peaceful. And that could be a fan of peace. But the peace that they're talking about here is something different. It's not a lack of something. Because if it's about a lack of something, then it means we have to do something in order to get that peace. We have to get people to sit down. We have to get people to quiet. We have to get people to not come in this room but go in this room. And it's about us being in control, and that's not what peace is. Peace here is the fullness of something. Peace here is something that cannot be dictated or touched by what I do or what I don't do. Example, you can experience a deep sense of peace. Maybe tonight you're going to be around a table and you're going to be with family or you're going to be with friends, and it could be loud. You might have Uncle Scary Gary who's just waiting to start some political conversation. You can feel the tension, right? You're going to have sweaty Steve over there trying to pretend like he's not sweating as much as he is. You're going to have maybe a kid there and maybe a kid not there. Maybe there's going to be a family member there that you're excited about seeing and maybe some you don't. Maybe the meal is going to be great, or maybe the meal is going to be tolerated. In the midst of all that, you can still find peace because you can trust and believe at this table it is enough. I was talking with my friend Josh right here, Mr. Pickett, and we were talking about what we think this liberation theology is, and he said, if I could shorten up, it's to believe that there is enough. God is enough. This body is enough. This community is is enough. And when you believe that, then you can have the wildness at that table and realize even in this space with Scary Gary, it is still enough. And when you can believe that, when you can awaken to that, that's where you can find peace, that it's not about me. It's not about who I'm controlling. It's not about who I'm um, influencing. It's just trust that this body in this moment is enough. And if that's true, this joy that this, these angels are talking about transcends just happiness because then we can actually find comfort. We can find joy. We can find something that flies so much higher because we can believe it. Then we can celebrate it. Then there can be this idea of everywhere I go in this world, I belong. And it's not based on what I get or I don't get. It's not based on these doctrine of truth. It's not based on how I answer all these questions. It simply is that I get to embody that belonging. And because of that, I get to experience peace. And because of that peace, I can experience a joy that transcends um, all other ways of experiencing joy. So where I end is this. Uh, it's not hard for me to imagine of these shepherds hear about peace, they hear about joy in this supernatural event, right? Supernatural meaning whatever is your normal experience, whatever is your normal reality, whatever you just like your lived experience, when something outside of that happens, you could say, well, that might be supernatural. This God reveals itself to these angels or to these shepherds and tell them about you're going to find this, you're going to experience this peace, you're going to find this peace and this joy in this manger in this place. So it's not hard to imagine as they hear it in this crazy way, walking up to this place, walking to this manger, probably anticipating some supernatural event. It's going to have to take the supernatural experience in order to experience this peace and this joy. And instead, what they find is an incredibly normal, natural thing a baby. It's a baby that they, they could look at and say, Well, we've already done that, <laughs> right? 
Maybe they have babies of their own. Maybe they have friends who have babies. They look and say, it's just a baby. There's nothing supernatural about this, which is the miracle of Christmas. Is that God did not just come close to us. God did not just give us a nice little pat on the back. What God says is that God became us. And we get to experience that peace and that joy. We get to, we get to awaken to that peace and joy because it's already within. What the story of, um, of, of Christmas is saying that peace and joy came in a little baby that is vulnerable. God came in a, in a form that is dependent on someone else's touch, someone else's body, someone else's care, someone else's love. That, this, this, um, that God became um, flesh and blood and bones with genes and DNA and with a story and a legacy. And in the midst of all that, something completely ordinary is something good and beautiful. So my prayer today, before Sarah comes up and reads this poem, um, is that when you are with your family, with your friends, or maybe you're choosing to be by yourself, maybe you're going to be Zooming uh, with your in-laws, <laughs> wherever you find yourself, I pray that you can like, find a place of where you can find comfort, where you can hold the hand of maybe your grandpa, maybe you can hug a friend, maybe you can look around that table, and what you can experience is not looking for perfection, not looking for validation. What you can experience is peace and trust in this moment, in this body, in this place, I am enough, and God's enough. Amen. Oh, I'll just yell. Um, if you've been here before, you know how this is going to go. Um, <laughs> uh, very much in line with what Chris was just sharing, uh, Christmas and the Christmas story to me has meant so much over a lot of years, and in most recent years, it has shifted to um, be about the embodiment of, of Christ. Um, and so, however you're sitting, if you're here, if you're at home, if you're with people, if you're alone, um, just, I would ask that, while I read this, choose an embodied posture, whatever that means to you. So that might be placing your hand on your chest, that might be holding someone's hand, it might be just sitting up straight, um, however that looks like for you, that's okay. So that's great. You're doing a really good job. Um, so just sit embodied and uh, take some nice deep breaths, and we'll just read this together. They told me my body was sinful. They told me not to trust it, to disregard its urges, its wants, its desires, they told me that to access true love meant to deny this body, this being. To be holy meant to think the right things. To be holy meant disregarding the flesh. That wisdom is found in intellect. Wisdom is found in the mind. But you, you, you the Christ, you the word made flesh, you taught me to see the beauty the wisdom contained within this body. You taught me to see the kingdom of God within. You taught me that the glory that we all search for is found in a beating heart and in the breathing in and breathing out. In the singing of songs, in the extending of hands to those in need. You taught presence. You taught peace. Through breathing in and breathing out through breathing in and breathing out. The God of glory found 
not limited to flesh and bone, but free and beautiful and wise and present through flesh and bone. The God of glory found nursing and crying dependent on the touch of another, displaying belonging in the simplest of ways. For if this God of glory can choose embodiment, then what do I have to fear? Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, God in us, teach us to find you in flesh and bone, in breathing in and breathing out, in weeping and in joy. May we choose your glory in the midst of all that we know, all which is simply this. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm going to ask for a little bit of help. Uh, Weaver, do you want to grab that communion stuff over there? Uh, we're going to take communion together as a, as a community. Um, this is one of my favorite things we do. And if you would like to take communion and you did not get one of these, would you mind raising your hand? And uh, Mr. Weaver will be coming around. Oh, thank you, Shelly. Now, um, we're not supposed to uh, say bad things in church, but just keep the comments to yourself. If you try opening this, you're going to want to say some things because it's very hard <laughs> to open it. All right. They're, they're, they're coming. Hold on. And we're going to, I'm going to walk us through a little prayer before we take it. <laughs> it's like church snack time, yeah. All right. Everyone get one who wanted one? You got them? Got oh, I got to open mine. There we go. All right. As you hold, and this is one of, my, one of the things I love about, um, about where is my, my, oh, it has two pages. That's right. There we go. I'm looking for it. All right. One of the things I love about, about uh, having kids in the service is that no one's told them that they can't like talk during church, so they do that, and I love that. I think this is what a community should be. So you can, you can crunch it, you can do whatever you'd like, all right, man? So here's what I love about communion. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This peace that we are talking about, God gives freely. And one of the ways we get to remember that, one of the ways we get to worship that, one of the ways we get to participate in that is through this thing called communion. And when you are about to eat this bread, or maybe you already did, you eat this, I don't know, these chemicals, right? And, and you take this, this juice, right? You're going to have some feels. You're going to be able to feel it in your mouth. It's going to dissolve way too quick. It's not going to have any flavor, but the juice is going to be sweet, right? And it's going to be a different kind of sweet. And I want you to remember, as you eat this, think in the same way. This peace that Christ gives us is not just something to think about. It's just not something to be like, oh, that's good. It's something that should be embodied. It's something that we should be able to experience. It's something that should bring us life. It's something that should go into our cells, into our bloodstream, where it brings something truly good and beautiful, because that's who God is. And so if you have it, let's take the bread and the juice together, and then I'll say a quick prayer.
definitely not good. All right, let's pray. So God, I thank you for the gift that you are. I thank you that your peace and your joy and your love, all of it belongs. And it's supposed to go something beyond just some intellectual exercise, but it should bring nourishment and life. So I pray for my friends here today who experiencing joy or peace feels incredibly distant. I pray that like the juice, that it can be sweet, it can be sour, but still bring sustenance. I pray even now we can receive that. And we say yes to you, and amen. 